Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, this is Cat Lee, and you are listening to episode number 16 of the Inspired to Action podcast. And today we're going to chat with Sally Clarkson. She is an author, she is a conference host, and she's pretty much just amazing and wonderful. She has four grown children that are also incredible, and she's been a wonderful mentor to me as to well as to so many women really around the world. So I'm I'm crazy excited about you hearing from her today, and I know you're going to love this episode. Uh, but first, I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen. I don't know if you are running or folding some laundry or doing dishes or whatever you might be doing. Just thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time. We have actually surpassed the 40,000 download mark because you guys have been spreading the word and you guys are awesome. And I love that so many moms are getting encouraged and getting the just the little pep talk that they need during the middle of the day or whenever you might be listening to it. So I just wanted to, to say thanks to Katie Babino on Instagram. She mentioned that she was listening to the podcast while folding laundry. She was listening to the Emily Freeman episode, which was a great episode. And she was listening while she was folding laundry. And that's Usually where I listen to podcasts, too. I love doing that. I don't like laundry, frankly, very much. Actually, when I fold laundry, I may or may not have a pile of laundry on my couch that's in my bedroom right now. But when I do fold laundry, I always like to listen to something. Uh, so yeah, so I want to say thanks for, to Katie Babino. And I also wanted to say thanks to Lindsay Stevenson. She left a review on iTunes, and she says, I love the variety of content and the encouraging words that Kat pours into those minutes. Whether I listen while cleaning, baking, or running, I walk away refreshed and inspired, and I loved the episode with Liz Griffin. Such good stuff. If you didn't check out that episode, check it out, because Liz is full of wisdom and has some really inspiring words that I know you're going to love. Also, I wanted to share this review from Lauren in North Carolina, uh, just because I thought it was kind of funny. She says, whether I'm being reminded of something I already believe as a mom or being challenged with a new idea for parenting journey, Kat has me nodding in agreement all episode long. I don't recommend listening with your back to the door, lest you lose yourself in the needed encouraging words and fail to notice your escaped two-year-old dancing in a front yard mud puddle. Thank God for observant neighbors. So there's your warning from Lauren in North Carolina. Don't do it with your back to the door because you just never know what that two-year-old might be doing. Um, But yeah, thanks guys so much for leaving those reviews and for just for your feedback. It is so fun to know that you guys are listening and um, to hear back from you. Don't forget to check out the um, Q&A page where you can go and leave a question. Uh, I have some interviews coming up. Um, Not sure if they'll go out before uh, this one is aired, but I have one coming up with Amanda Carroll, who is a DJ on um, on K-Love and an old school friend of mine. And we're going to be talking about single motherhood. We're going to be talking about marriage and we're going to be talking about some really good stuff. So if you have any questions for that episode of the podcast, uh, I think I'm probably going to be interviewing her later in the day when this post goes that when this uh, what is this called when this podcast goes live so if you have a question for her go and leave um, your question uh, pretty soon so that I can ask her that because I'll be interviewing her later in the day on the day that this post goes up and the place that you can leave your question is uh, inspiredtoaction.com forward slash podcast q and a 
Um, I'm also going to be interviewing Kristen Strong, and we're going to be talking, obviously, about motherhood and life as a military wife and change and helping your kids through change. And so you can also leave a question for her, and that's coming up in a future episode as well. Um, Another announcement that I have for you guys is that on Thursday, October the 17th, I believe this podcast episode will go up on Wednesday morning. On Thursday the 17th at 8 p.m. Central, I'm doing a live webinar with a woman named Amy McCready. She is a parenting expert, and she is often on the Today Show. She's been on the Rachel Ray Show, all kinds of stuff, and she has some really solid practical wisdom for moms, and we'll be doing a live webinar on Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time on Thursday. And I would love for you to join us. It is free. So you just need to head. I'll I'll include the link in the show notes. Um, So just check that out at the blog. And uh, you can sign up for that. And I would love for you to join us for that. Those are always so good. I've honestly listened to her webinars for a couple of years now. And every single time, even if I've heard the content before, um, I walk away with, reminded of something that was a great idea or a great tip, or I'm just encouraged and challenged. And so um, I think you'll really enjoy it. So those are the only announcements that I have this week. I It's been kind of a crazy season. I, I don't know if I've mentioned, but my husband has uh, is working on a tough project at work, and it's been really busy for all of us. And um, so, you know, we're going to bed a little bit later, we're waking up a little bit earlier, and this morning, I don't know if you guys have ever had one of these, if your kids go off to school, the worst thing is to have a bad morning with the kids and have them, you know, send, send them out of the car or walk them in or however you do it, having been grumpy. And it's always so hard because you're trying to get them all ready for school, and apparently, you know, everybody's focus on doing what needs to happen is inversely proportionate to the amount of focus that you have. So if there's only a few minutes left before we need to get out the door so that they won't be tardy, invariably, you know, they'll get caught up playing with the dog or, oh, they really want to get this or, oh, they want to play with this toy or whatever. And so then you're just, or maybe it's just me. I'm just like, hurry up, guys. We got to get going. We need to hurry. And then it's just, you know, kind of down from there. And I had one of those mornings with the kids today, and um, I've had a lot of those mornings in the past, and so I, I am thankful that I've somewhat learned from those, and I've learned how to write those mornings in the car. Uh, when I do get crazy and a little stressed and stuff when we're trying to get out the door, when once we hit the car, I'm just like, Lord, please help my attitude to change. Please help me to send them out um, well. Uh, and so I, what I always try to do is in, we have like a drop-off line where you can stay in your car and then just drop the kids off. And so I always pray for my kids in the drop-off line. And some days those prayers are more inspired than others, but I do try to turn on a worship song. And as we're, we're dropping off, I just pray for them and, and you know, ask and, and out loud so that the kids hear and so that it really, God really uses that and changes all of our hearts and all of our attitudes. And, um, Anyway, just a little tip for you. I don't, you probably already do that, but if you don't or if your kids aren't at school yet, um, just that time of just praying or worshiping in the car and then saying a prayer before they jump out can just change a morning. It can change the attitudes and the direction that it was headed and really transform it. And so anyway, that's just my little story and tip for today. But we're going to hear from Sally Clarkson today, and I mentioned earlier she is an author she hosts a conference called uh, the Mom Heart Conference, and it's in, I believe, California, Colorado, and Texas this year. And I've gone every year for the past few years, and it is 
always so encouraging and always so inspiring. And she she has grown kids and they are amazing. And in every conference, she just she does challenge us and call us to something higher. But there's just this pervading element of grace in everything that she says and speaks. And I love that combination of I always feel so challenged when I hear her speak. Um, but at the same time, I feel such grace. And I think you're going to sense that in today's interview as well. And I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, here is Sally Clarkson. Hey, Sally, good morning. Good morning. It's so fun to be with you this morning, Kat. I know. What's the weather like there in Colorado? It is today, believe it or not, is the highest 33 degrees. What? I know. <laughs> Our first cold, cold, cold day. So I will light the fires and drink lots of cups of tea and, um, you know, kind of have my first cozy day. The high is 33 degrees. Isn't that amazing? That blows my Texan mind. I know. And yesterday I was hiking because I thought this may be my last day. So um, I made, I took advantage of it because it was beautiful and sunshiny and uh, almost 60 degrees. So Wow. And I was excited because it's in the 70s all week here and I thought that was nice and cold. <laughs> oh, that would just, I would uh, probably be in a bikini if I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been in the 90s and we, you know, we, we go to, our family goes to all the Baylor football games and there was one day when it was 105 and it was so hot that Ooh. Baylor allowed everyone to bring up to I want to say a gallon or two gallons of water, like like oh. they weren't even going to sell it, which is oh. kind of crazy, which is usually what venues do. But it was so hot, and I guess they were so worried about yeah. people, you know. Dying of heat stroke. Right, right. They don't want people to die. They wanted them to come. <laughs> yep, so they let everybody bring their own drinks, which I've never, ever heard of. No. So I now, now it's in the 70s, and I'm excited about that. I don't know what I would do with 30 degrees. I might just need to, like, create a down outfit or something uh, might, yeah that would be a little bit cold the thing about coloradoans is they go in shirt sleeves until it gets to be about 20 so <laughs> it's a lot of the teenagers do but no i used to live uh just a you know less than an hour from where you are so i'm very familiar with all that texas heat yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, the one thing i don't miss <laughs> yes i can imagine it well i, we, I think of you because every time my, my husband's family has a ranch and Every time we head out there, I think we pass by, was it Walnut Springs? Walnut Springs, yeah. Yes. I always That's think of... Um, we call our, we call, we still have it, it's 200 acres, we call it the ranch also. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I use our, our ours is like a, like 180, and I use that term, you know, graciously. You know, usually when you, th when, at least when I was little and I thought of Texas, we, I lived in Illinois until I was seven, I thought I would come to Texas and have a horse. <laughs> and I was so disappointed when we moved into like a suburban neighborhood and that I didn't get a horse. And so I thought like Texas was horse and I thought a ranch would be like horses and cattle and stuff. And it's really just a big thing of land. Oh, it's, oh that's funny. That's really cute. So it's it's fun, though, especially with the kids. Yeah, of course. Um, Well, Sally, I'm sure I'm 99 percent sure that everybody listening today knows who you are. But maybe for that one or two percent <laughs> that doesn't know who you are, I would love it if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your motherhood story. OK. Um, I am the least likely person in the world to write about motherhood. Actually, I grew up. I was the only girl. I was the youngest. I, um, I'm kind of an extrovert, so I was involved in every 
activity. I liked friends. I did all sorts of stuff. I went on staff um, with crew when I was um, out of college and worked with university students at the University of Texas for a couple of years. And then I moved to Vienna, Austria. And um, I'm going to make this really short, but I, I worked, I cut my teeth in my early life on discipling people. I worked in Eastern Europe. I worked in about five countries. And I loved mentoring people, building them in leadership and, and um, helping them become all they could be in the Lord. And so when I finally got married, I had three children in less than five years. And I thought I was really spiritual before that. <laughs> um, and I just was overwhelmed. They wanted to eat and, you know, it was messes and they wanted me. And um, I don't think I realized how selfish I was before that because as the only girl in my family I was probably spoiled to death and I had never changed the diaper and um, yet I remember I was about almost 31 when I had my first baby and I remembered when she came out I thought oh this is a miracle I loved her and I loved my boys who came after her but um, I just had never been prepared to be a mom and so I just started studying scripture and I realized that in the same way that I had been building disciples in ministry and teaching college students and then um, teaching, um, you know, different people in the communist countries, that God had basically said, do you realize that I am entrusting these precious little human beings whose lives will have consequences for all eternity? Sally, will you disciple these children for me? And so it, it gave me a new vision I, as I started studying Scripture and realizing that it was a gift from God to be able to influence and imprint the minds and the hearts and the souls of children. And I think before this time, when I, I was struggled with everything, every day was hard because, as you know, it never ends. And I had never, I was never used to always being distracted by my little children. But once I decided that this was God's will for my life, and that I got to raise godly leaders in my home, and that I would worship him by accepting this gift from him, then my heart really fell in love with them and with the role. doesn't mean it was always easy, but when my heart changed, and I saw the potential in raising godly children and godly leaders for his glory, then the kind of the inspiration changed the energy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. So just that perspective shift. Yeah, and that's, of course, consolidating a whole bunch of years and months into just a few seconds. Right, right. Well, uh, so how did it turn out? Tell us a little bit about, about your kids. You know, I do not deserve my kids. It's all God's grace. Um, just I will say right here that <clears throat> so much of my time I lived in heaven. I would just say, okay, God, you've got to make what I'm doing today enough. You know, here's my fish and loaves, but I believe you. I believe you're in my home. You have capacity to be my children's heads and hearts. And so I depended a lot on him to make up for my weaknesses. And I just adore who they are. Sarah is an author. She's written three books. And um, she's just an amazing young woman, you know, my best friend. Um, She's almost 30. And Joel is, uh, we're all just kind of this little club. We we have a lot of fun together. Joel is a composer. He... um, is working in Hollywood on um, several PBS projects uh, for music, and he's 
composing, he just finished composing music for a Sundance film festival uh, for one of the films there. And um, he's just loves being there. And he lives two blocks away from Nathan, who's my other son. They get together all the time. And Nathan moved to Hollywood to be an actor after going to New York Film Academy. And uh, he really loves the Lord. And he just produced his first film. We're hoping that it will be good. And Joel's writing the music for it. And they just both uh, love the Lord. And um, Nathan's getting married to a great girl. And then Joy, I had three children, three miscarriages, and I had Joy when I was 42 um, because of the prayers of one of my little boys who said, you need another little girl, Mama. And um, Joy is um, going to school in California, and she's uh, on the debate and speech team, and she's an RA. And um, anyway, we are just all best friends, and they are definitely standing on my shoulders. They're so much more mature and spiritual than I ever thought of being when I was their age. So God is gracious. He, he does. He's a good partner. Well, you know, having been around you and the kids, for just for anybody listening, it is so inspiring just to see um, not just who your kids have become, but that you guys really are a club. You know, you guys really they they just have fun together and um it's so inspiring to to see that because i don't think we see that a lot i mean even though especially since you know they are you live in colorado they live you know in california um but whenever you guys are together it's just so cool to see just the bond that you have and the the fun that you have really it's not you're just a family you really are best friends and i don't think we see that a lot definitely like on television or in the movies we don't see that um, but it's just, I think in our culture too, so many young moms are just around young moms oh, um, yeah. and we yeah. don't get to, to see that. And so I just, I love the way that you interact with your kids and your kids interact with you. And, um, it's not just mom checking up on her kids on Facebook. It's that you guys really, really, um, are best friends. I love that. Um, yeah. so if, if you had done one thing that impacted the fact that you guys are friends now, mm-hmm. what do you think that one thing would have been? Well, I, I actually been thinking about it, writing about it lately. Um, I think that women are so distracted by the internet, by activities, by all these things. And uh, I wanted to disciple my kids like Jesus discipled his disciples. And the one thing is he gave them his full attention. And um, I think that children measure love and affirmation by time. And I think that uh, the culture is competing in every way with messages, with activities, with you have to do this, you have to be there. And um, I call it Tea Time Discipleship. I'm actually writing a book about it. And it's, it's not about tea. It's about, I just got back from Austria, so I've been thinking about this. It's about sitting down, looking eyeball to eyeball with whoever it is, a friend, your child, your husband, and saying, I will make time for you because you're important, and I will listen to you. And by the way, have I told you I love you? I'm so blessed to be your friend. And um, if you, and if the one thing you do, it's not about keeping a clean house or getting all the organic food or <laughs> getting all the lessons. If you focus your heart and your mind and your life, if you fill your, yourself with the Lord and if you give that to your children and spend time with them, they will want to love the God that you love because you took time to love them. 
So did your kids do lots of stuff? You know, like I feel like my kids, um, they're each in one sport, and we have different things happening. And my my kids aren't homeschooled; they do go to school. Um, mm-hmm. Did Did you have your kids in stuff? I mean, because I I love how they've they've turned out and done great things, and they don't. Yeah. So did, that's just my question. Did your kids do lots of stuff? Any, especially anything that led to what they do now when they were little? Yeah, I. Um... I wanted to see each of them as an individual, but I also, there were, Clay and I wrote down, what gifts do we want to give to our children? So uh, we, every child had at least a year of music because we were musical and um, every child, you know, we, we did lots of fun things with them. And, but I think when they're little, we kept them uh, a little bit more at home. And we nurtured them. Our, our lives are so busy. We have so many friends and we're involved in ministry that our kids were always with us in different cities, literally continents. We had lots of people in our home. We had parties. We created parties that our kids would have fun with. We had harvest festivals and um, we had Christmas, you know, kind of banquets and stuff. So they were always involved in that. But I remember one time when they were little and I had all three of my older kids, this is when I, right before I got pregnant with Joy, all of them were in basketball. And that meant that um, every day except one day a week, we were gone. I mean, you know, because of all the, all the different lessons, all the different uh, stuff. And we lived way out in the country then, and I would have to drive and drive and drive and drive and drive. That killed all of us. And then they got, all three of the kids got chicken pox, and then they got emphysema. Each of them had burst eardrums, and then they had pneumonia within six weeks, which really wiped out basketball. Wow. Um, But I realized then that I was going to, kind of like you did, I was going to give each of the kids one activity, um, hopefully usually some of them together, so that we weren't just running like crazy people, Mm -hmm. uh, because I felt like it really robbed from my influence in them. But then as they got older... I would. Um, I looked for places for them to be because they need more than me. So as our kids got older, we broadened their horizons, you know, because we, they love people, they love situations, but we still tried to keep it sane. You know, at first I'd put all the things in order in my home that I needed to do. And um, like we were in the promise for three years, all of us were. The promise used to be a big deal in Texas. It was a uh, amphitheater, you know, two to 3,000 people a night production of the life of Christ. And so all the kids had parts and they had fun with their friends. And we did it every Friday and Saturday night for six months for three years. So that was a real fun thing to do. Um, and then as they got older, um, they just had different interests. And like Nathan was our ADHD, ODD, OCD child. <laughs> but he was a... Um, is real extroverted so we would uh like we got him i know this sounds funny but we got him magic lessons because he loved to juggle he loved to do card tricks and we clay took him to a conference a national conference of christian magicians and he would throw magic parties for birthdays for all these kids and um joel um had guitar lessons and uh joy loved drama and so she was involved in drama from the time she was a little girl. We have this place here where they take junior docents at a um, kind of a live museum, pioneer place. So the kids were involved as pioneer docents. And 
they were always in the library programs. And one of them was in a, a statewide national boys choir. And the other one was in a, um, it was kind of this uh, drama music team. Sarah's very musical. So I would just really pray about what activities I could do that would enhance their personality and their skills. And um, so it was a lot of fun. You know, there were dance classes. It, it just depended different years, different children. Mm-hmm. But when they're little, keep them home, provide foundations, give them some fun things to do. Uh, but as they get older and older, do the activities that gives positive peer pressure and lots of interesting things. But we were the main influences. So how did, in the midst of them being a little bit older and, and doing all those activities, you were writing and doing conferences and all of that. How did you, how did you balance all of that? Well, I think balance is oversold. (laughs) Um, I do think, you know, this is the thing. Everybody has a different personality and a different capacity. And I would be writing if I was, you know, when I'm in the shower, I'm writing. When I'm driving the car, listening to music, I'm writing. I'm just, that's my skill set. And so where, when I had free time, like I wrote a lot of my books. I know this sounds crazy, but I would write a lot of my books between... 4.30 4.30 or 5 and 7 o'clock in the mornings. And some, um, like one year, Clay would stay home until 8 o'clock before he had to go to work. And he would let me go to a French little cafe three times a week. And I would write for an hour in the little cafe. But um, we had decided when we first got married that we would always be involved in ministry. And Clay had met me and married me as a missionary. And so it was just always a part of our lives. Um, but it did mean that I, I was very focused, and maybe other women might be doing a lot of social things with their friends. When they were doing that, like when Clay would take the kids out on Saturday, I was writing and, um, because I loved it, and I really felt like that's what God wanted me to do. But um, a mom can't do it all, so she has to pick and choose how she's going to do what she thinks is the most important. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my as I look back, my just raising four kids and trying to keep them moral and keep them dressed and healthy and <laughs> all that—it's a whirlwind. Um, I don't know that I ever felt like I was doing it all or doing it right. Um, but I just—I'd have one more quiet time, pray, and try to disciple them. That spending that time and focusing, spending time with the Lord with them. Those were the key components. Um, so you wrote a new book called The Ten Gifts of Wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to tell us a little bit about it. Well, actually, um, my, I, on my 60th birthday, I flew all my kids home. That was my present to myself, plays in my present to myself. And we had so much fun because they they will spend money and time just to be together. They did that this fall. And um, we were all sitting around one night and... The uh, two in Hollywood were saying, you know, people don't have character. They don't have manners. They don't perceive themselves as leaders. Um, they don't even know the word. They, um, they don't have any sense of the kingdom. None of them have read. And they, my kids are sitting around saying, there are just things that moms need to know that they should give to their kids because we're surrounded by soul-dry people. Mm-hmm. And so we sat there, this was just a month or two ago, and we sat there and um, 
listed out together. It was just kind of fun hearing them talk. What are the things that you think are essential that all kids need to know they need to be trained in before they leave home? And so they actually helped me write it. But we wrote this book out of desire to help mentor moms to say, okay, focus on these 10 priorities. Actually, it has 11 chapters. <laughs> um, we gave a bonus chapter. But I really feel like training is just like with an athlete. You have to train. You have to work. You have to practice in order to become excellent, in order to become an Olympic champion. If you're a pianist, you have to practice scales, you have to learn music, you have to practice and practice to be the concert pianist. And in the same way, there are certain components of life skills and character and faith that you have to focus on and practice day in, day out, over and over again. So that's the concept behind the book. I love that. I love that example that you used too, because I think, I know I do sometimes, and I, I know a lot of other moms do too, that we think we just need to get it right the first time and we don't think of it as practice. Yeah, yeah, as building muscle. You know, you don't build muscle from going out and uh, doing an exercise program or by jogging one day. Right. You build muscle by doing it consistently over and over again, then you get stronger and stronger and stronger. Mm -hmm. And it gets easier and easier the more that you do it Yeah. and the more that you work at it. Well, what I love about your your book is that it's, Really, okay, it's really simple. I love that just the title is The Ten Gifts of Wisdom. And so it's clear what it's about. You look at the table of contents, it shows exactly what everything is about. And then every chapter is just really inspiring, but then also super, super practical. Um, I love that there are examples of what to do and how to do stuff. And I love how you share just grace, you know, in the, in the chapter about devotions, that it didn't look the same every morning. Sometimes it was really short. Sometimes it was a family devotion with everyone there. Sometimes Clay was gone to work. But the right. point was that you, it didn't look perfect and it was practice. And every time it looked a little bit different, but you kept pushing through and you kept, you kept doing it. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's a mom listening right now, Maybe it's nap time and she had a really rough morning with the kids or maybe she just dropped them off at school and it was not the best parting. Right. What would you say to encourage her and what would you say to do next? Um, I would say that, first of all, give yourself grace. I kept wanting to have more kids so I could do it right. Because um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a mess sometimes. Um, but I would say don't, guilt, living in guilt doesn't produce anything good. So just get over yourself. You are okay. And you're the, you're the mother your kids really want. Uh, number two, don't feel guilty about not always liking your kids. Just don't live in those places. But um, I would say that a mom needs to be an architect of her life. And kind of beginning with the end in mind, realizing that she has the capacity of sending her children into adulthood with stability. And the more you have a plan and work your plan, the more likely you're going to make baby steps forward. And so I would just say, if you possibly can, go away someplace, you know, have someone keep your kids or whatever, and say, what, what do I want my home to be like? Homes need to be fun for the mom as well as the kids. What is my weakest area? Um, what, what do I need to work on just one thing this year? And then, as I said earlier, what, how, what do I need to do to make time to communicate love and acceptance 
to my children. And I, I think a lot of times, too, that I know I'm giving too much at once, but moms need to understand that children are made to be children. They're not made to be adults. They're not made to be mature. They're actually made by God to be dependent and wiggly and fun and that a lot of times if you just wait long enough, they are going to mature and to not micromanage or overreact to every single thing, just to try to enjoy them and, um, and just to keep getting a little bit better and stronger every day. So were you at Once, my house this morning? Because <laughs> that's... That is good to know. I think I forget that a lot of times, honestly, especially with my, my girls are a little bit older. They're nine and 11. And especially my 11 year old, she is very, uh, we haven't done like the Myers-Briggs with her, but I would say she's very perceptive. And so I, she really gets a lot of things and really notices a lot of things. And so sometimes I forget that she's 11. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think obviously the thing I did not say is just trust the Lord. Say, God, you made these kids. Would you show me how to reach this personality's heart? And would you help me to have joy in my home, Lord? Because I'm not really feeling it today. You know, just to walk with God, trust Him, and spend time with Him to get perspective every day. No, I know. It's so hard because God gives us such different personality kids. It would be great if we could just do it one way, one time, and that was it. And then I guess we wouldn't need his help every minute of every day. So it works out best this way. I, I have to say that having kids has refined me more than anything else and has yeah. made me need Jesus more than anything else. And I would probably think that I had it all together and if I didn't have my kids. And they send me to my knees in the best way possible um, every day. And um, I, I think that's God's will, you yes. know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, because I want to live a life that needs Jesus. I don't want to live so small that I don't need him. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. my kids definitely help me help me in that area. Yeah, um, it, God loves some humility, and our children help us provide yes. <laughs> that aspect of our life. Yes. Um, well, Sally, I could definitely talk to you for hours, and I know everybody listening could listen to you for hours on end. And so you have a conference, don't you? I do. I do. Um I started conferences because I needed a conference, and um, there you can find us. You can find them online at momheartconference.org, actually. But we did moms conferences starting 18 years ago because we thought moms needed a break. They needed friendship. They needed chocolate. They needed uh, grace-filled speakers, and so um, you can actually either go there or to itakejoy.com which is my blog uh, address, uh, because we want to gather moms together uh, every year. And this year they'll be in California, Colorado, and Texas, Dallas, Texas. Uh, And we would love to invite all you moms to come and and celebrate this whole great calling of motherhood together and have a great weekend with us. I can say as someone who's gone ever since I first heard about them, it um, envisions me like nothing else. It's like summer camp for moms. Oh. <laughs> you know how you feel after you come home from summer camp when you're in high school and you just feel inspired and motivated and you've been around like-minded people, but then also people who have called you higher. And that's how I feel after mom heart. I, I go home and I'm like, 
if every February is just my time to get that massive jolt of B12 or whatever for motherhood. And um, so if you're listening, I totally encourage you to come. I definitely plan on being there in, at, at, in the Dallas one. And I'd love to see everybody there. And Sally has a bunch of other resources. And if I can encourage you with one thing, it's to gain wisdom from older moms who have been there and who have kids who are, you know, adults now, because online, you know, me included, we get, we hear so much and we get so much input just from other moms that are in our season. And really, what do we know? You know, we're doing the best that we can, but we haven't been on the other side. And I would challenge you to get wisdom from people like Sally. And she has some amazing books. Um, if you go to either of her sites, momheart.org or I Take Joy, um, you know, you can find all of her books and, and all of her resources. And she has talks available there. And you can read her blog. And you can go to her conference. And just such good stuff, such rich wisdom that is so full of grace and and you know, life experiences and practical ideas. And so I definitely encourage you to go check those out. Um, Sally, are you, do you do social media? Are you online anywhere where we can check in with you every day? Or do you mostly stay away uh, from that sort of stuff? No, I, I have a, um, a fan page. I have a personal page that I'm kind of little by little cutting it down. But I have a fan page, Sally Clarkson. And uh, all my blogs will come up there, announcements, um, and then I, I do Twitter at Sally underscore Clarkson. Uh, not a lot, but a little bit. And um, y- you can probably connect with me best on itakejoy.com. Okay. And we can get, everybody can get your book at Amazon, correct? Yeah, all my books all are books. at Amazon. Uh-huh. Okay. And the 10 gifts are there as an ebook. Great, great. Well, Sally, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Kat, you are such an encouraging friend. I love being with you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, we will talk to you later. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Man, wasn't that good? I just love Sally. I love everything that she has to share and the way that she shares it. I hope that that encouraged you and that that challenged you. And I just want to say thanks again for taking the time out of your day to join us for a little chat. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed a cup of tea or maybe got some laundry done or a run in while you listened. And uh, if you have any ideas or suggestions or questions for the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send an email, or you can go to inspiredtoaction.com forward slash podcast Q&A to leave a voicemail. And we can include that on the podcast if you want, or you can just leave a voicemail just because it's fun. I'd love to hear from you either way. And um, if you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love it if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes or to give a shout out to Sally or I on Instagram. Or uh, Instagram's really my favorite because I love to see what you guys are doing when you're listening. Whether it's a picture of the ground because you just went running or we've seen pe- pe- pictures of people doing laundry or doing dishes or whatever. A shout out on Instagram is always so fun. And uh, you can find me on Instagram. I am inspired to action. That's inspired and then the word T-O to action. And I believe Sally is mom heart. So you can tag either of us on uh, Instagram and we would love to hear from you and see you in that way. So anyway, I hope you have an amazing day. And don't forget that you are a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome.